After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. They tell you what they know. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. The podcast that you know. Hey, welcome into the Do Send Mo podcast. Recording this late on a Wednesday night. The Kings trying to bounce back against a team they have beaten three times this year, the Denver Nuggets. They would have to do it without De'Aaron Fox, and oh, it got off to a great start. They had the lead after the first quarter, led by 15 with eight minutes to go, and about four minutes and three seconds later, the game was tied the Nuggets going a 28 to 4 run and they don't look back the Kings fold down the stretch and lose to the Nuggets 117 to 96 and the Kings are now 33 and 25 on the season in eighth place in the west each and every one of our podcasts presented by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors check out trustnorthwest.com I'm Deuce Mason that's Morgan Reagan how you doing Mo fine I'm fine I'm just... Uh, I can't wait until some future pods and I go, how you doing? I'm great. I'm good. The last couple I've gone fine and fine in my world is not good. So fine in my world's like, yeah, it's, 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 it's so no, no, to me, it's either you're great or you're awful. Okay. Yeah. So the world isn't just black or white. There's gray area and being fine is, I mean, I'm fine. It just, you know. Sometimes for some of these games, I think about, I don't know why this ever bothers me, but whenever we do uh, a pre and post game at the NBC studios for an away game, it's in San Francisco. So like you're out there, like you were leaving at 11 AM and you're back, you know, 10, 11 PM. And sometimes I feel like, Oh, what a waste, a loss like that. What a waste. It's never a waste. Not only did you work, you had fun, yeah. and you know you did something you loved, but it's still, there's something that just doesn't complete me right after King's loss away where I like make the effort to, I make the extra effort to do everything I can to be great, but you can't make the extra effort to do everything that you can to be great? Bullshit. <laughs> well, we knew this game was going to be tough. Something I kept repeating today multiple times to you last podcast on the pregame tonight was, oh my God, there were a lot of people telling me the Kings are going for the sweep. They beat the Nuggets three times. Do they have an edge over Denver? Would that be a good playoff matchup? And I'm, I was perplexed. I was stunned. I was flabbergasted because in my mind, the Sacramento Kings had not played the Denver Nuggets this year. They played some version Tonight, they played the Denver Nuggets. This was the first time this season that the Kings played the Nuggets at full strength. We saw matchups this year, a couple of games without Jamal Murray, a couple of games without KCP, a game without Michael Porter. And I think what people forget is this Denver Nuggets team is really talented, especially with the starting five. Their starting five is the best, most highly rated offensive starting five in the NBA. Okay. They click. They've got the chemistry. Yeah. So it was going to be a challenge. And you knew the Nuggets were like, dude, this Sacramento team, yeah, they'd be us. We're going to show them what's about tonight. I was concerned about this game with De'Aaron Fox. Once we found out moments before the game that De'Aaron was not going, Davion Mitchell was getting the start. De'Aaron missing the game with a knee contusion. 
I was pretty concerned about this game. And I think some people were, in a way, because of Sacramento's success this year against Denver, maybe overlooking them in some ways. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't even know if they were... Oh, I, I don't know, mate. I didn't, I didn't get a feel the pulse of what a lo- how a lot of fans felt or like just I mean all of us felt going into this I just know how I felt going into this yeah. one and I felt scared going into every single game against the Denver Nuggets this year with or without players and then at full strength I kind there was this weird thing in the back of my mind being like of course this will be the game that the Kings like play really well you know it's just like <laughs> without De'Aaron Fox and uh the Denver Nuggets are at full strength this will be the game that they play really well well no it, it, it went how you know a lot of people around the basketball world would would take a look at this game and go this is how it should go this is how it should have gone and these are the defending champs and on top of all of that how their starting unit plays together is really good right but it's how they come back together it's how they recover together it's that experience that championship experience that they have to not only get into a 15 point hole find a way out of it get out of it get better and never look back that's exactly what it is and i mean look for the for the kings i'm just more disappointed that they didn't play better throughout the game if you're gonna get in that hole Find a way to crawl back out of it, even if it's a 10-point game, whatever, something. It never felt like they were going to get out of this hole once the Nuggets put them down. It's not about them losing the game. It's about how they lost. Correct. I could st- You lose a game without De'Aaron Fox. Okay, that's tough, but you battle. The way they came out tonight mm-hmm. in the first quarter was fantastic. I noted. On Beautiful. my stupid sheet I take notes on with all lineups and plays that jump sheet. out to me, I wrote down one of the most balanced quarters of the season. The Kings were up <sighs> after one, 35 to 28. But it was pretty. The 35, great. They were scoring. But why were they scoring? Their defense, defense was fantastic. Like the rotations. There was a couple of times guys got beat. I remember Davion got beat once by Murray. He recovered, got a steal. There's another time Duarte got beat on a swim move by mm. Reggie Jackson. And Herter came over and helped. And then Duarte recovered and got Beautiful. a block out of bounds. The they were contesting shots. Yes. Uh, they were locked in. And because they were getting some stops, they were getting out and pushing a little bit. They were getting some paint touches, getting some quality looks from three. I'm like, Dude, if they keep playing like this, yeah. it's going to be a game. Like, I knew Denver was going to end up playing better. They still had the edge. But I'm like, oh, we're, we may have something really good to talk about tonight because of how they responded after that Miami game, how they came out looking engaged. I love the first quarter. And even if they could have played like how they were playing in that first quarter, um, just a little bit more like that throughout this game, we would be sitting here tonight talking about like, wow, what yeah. a great effort without De'Aaron Fox, all these different things. But... They came out, set the tone, and then they lost the tone. And you just said it, Deuce. You said the way that they were playing defense led to some really good offense. And what has this team done well? Well, when they pushed the pace, good things happened. Those paint touches, all those things. Once it started being like, hey, we are in a half-court set and we don't know what the hell we're doing, it ended up being the first shot, not the best shot. Now, I know we'll get to this, but Mike Brown even said after the game, basically saying like, I want my guys to shoot that shot. I totally disagree with that because then there's other times where he's like, I want my guys to make sure that they're getting the best three-pointer, not just the first open three-pointer, especially when you have someone like, Michael Porter Jr., you know, trailing you coming under a screen and it's the first it's the first look you have, you could have still swung the ball around five more times, got it back to you in that position and even got a prettier shot off. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Well, going to that first quarter when the Kings led 35 to 28, Jokic left the game in the first quarter with the Kings up four at 32 28. Mm-hmm. Every time you play the Nuggets, you circle the non-Jokic minutes because this team, this Nuggets team, for as talented as they are, I I view them at this point, I I think they're the favorite still in the West. Maybe I'm being a prisoner because of them winning the championship last year, but I like how cohesive that five is. Their bench kind of sus. Like, I think we can all admit that. It's not the same bench as last year. So 
Kings are up four with Jokic going to the bench. Awesome. Let's see how they respond out of it. They got up 13 by the time he got back in the game. It was him coming back into the game. I'm looking 832 mark. He comes back in the game. The Kings are up 45-32. They scored on the next possession with him in the game. This is when they reach the peak. Mm -hmm. They're up 15 at 47-32. Not only are they being competitive at this point, they are up 15 points. And you're thinking, man, could they keep putting pressure on? Maybe this is going to be a weird moment for the Nuggets. No, the Nuggets got back in the game. But, God, when it went bad, it went awful. And what you just said is exactly right. In the second quarter, look, Denver's defense, they can get it going. And they have defenders. But Sacramento settled so much offensively. Thank you. Too many quick shots early in the shot clock. And like you said, Mike was, I I like some of these open looks or, you know, we missed some good looks. They were 0 for 9 from 3 in that second quarter. Yeah. I'd have to go back and look, but I would venture ballpark. I'm going to say six of them were not quality looks. There you go. That's literally where my brain would go. In those six possessions this is where we keep going back to and you you and i talked about this all the way back from san francisco we were talking about how every possession is so very important when you're playing some of the best teams in this league and they know that they know that and that's why they took every possession so seriously in the beginning of the game in the engagement and and setting the tone it was just absolutely gorgeous magical artwork kind of basketball so what did the missed threes lead to Mm. long rebounds and Denver said we're pushing we're pushing we're getting out because this is where we can have some momentum go our way I looked at halftime I'm like what whoa, 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 whoa. the Nuggets have 20 fast break points and I went I they they only had five in the first quarter the Nuggets had 15 fast break points in the second quarter, it wasn't all of Kings turnovers. The Kings had three turnovers in the second quarter. But I'll tell you this, those missed threes, those ill-advised shot attempts that they got, they felt like turnovers, right? Because they're getting the ball and they're pushing. And then you're just in a very bad spot. Here's my problem with tonight, though. And this has been a theme a lot this year. When teams go on runs against Sacramento, it's an avalanche. It can't be stopped. And at some point, I'm looking around going, this is on players, coaches. We got to figure this out. You can't be allowing teams to go on 28 to 4 runs. Yeah. 28-4? And this is not the first time this has happened this year. This has happened multiple times. If that run is 18-10, you can stomach it. 28-4, it's hard to recover from that. The team gets confidence. You buried yourself. A 15-point lead. Yeah. At one point, at the eight-minute mark, turns into a 10-point deficit at the half? I know how you like my analogies that sometimes barely make sense. Sometimes they make a little bit of sense. Sometimes people connect. And when I look at you just said, you said, this is on every, like, someone has to figure it out when this avalanche happens. When they just start going downhill, like, everyone has, has responsibility. And I look at it analogy as like a parent when a kid starts spiraling like not only let's just say it's even a a young adult and they start spiraling their brain is still developing but like they're young adult and sometimes it's on the parent to still be that parent for them you know even if it's like wait aren't you adult you should be figuring it out i mean you're still their parent in their life and then on the adult it's their personal responsibility to take accountability to try and better themselves in those moments whether it's physically whether it's mentally whether it's something it's something right so you think about a coach being the parent and you think about the player being the young adult and it's on all of them to make tweaks and figure out what works for them when the spiraling happens. You can't just keep letting it happen and then go, we'll figure it out next time. Because these are the things that truly some of the best teams with all these experiences from all the spiraling know how to deal with. And maybe it's just going to take more and more experience too. Sure. But spiraling. This isn't a parent with 12 year olds either, you know, this is a team that has experience, enough experience on it where, like, during a timeout, we got to stop the bleeding. Let's be patient. Let's run our stuff, and let's see what we can get out of it. And I felt like it just went on too long, and then you're looking around going, at least at halftime for me, I know it was they were down 10, but it's like 
are they going to figure this out? It felt like the game was lost in the second quarter when they were outscored 37 to 20. And so, look, part of it, too, is in these moments, you can maybe rely on Fox to go get you a bucket. Mm -hmm. Tonight, it didn't feel that way. You know, then they started having some turnover issues, the third quarter turnover issues. They had five turnovers in the third quarter, leading to 12 points. The most, one of the most staggering stats tonight was Denver had more turnovers than the Kings, okay? Yes. Denver had 16 turnovers, turning into 13 points for the Kings. Sacramento had 14 turnovers mm. that turned into 28 Denver Crushing. Nuggets points, plus 15 on points off turnovers, and you had two fewer turnovers and i know too you look at their shooting numbers and you go wow they're shooting 53 percent from the field and they're shooting 43 percent from three-point land um i get it they were they were making their shots but they were also making their shots because i mean when you look at the all the field goals you go okay that was them pushing in yeah. transition that was them getting to the paint easily no resistance and then on some of those threes you did have someone like jamal murray just starting to go off and of course that's going to happen but how do you slow down the rest of the squad and it just felt like there's so many mismatches, so many miscommunications after that first quarter where it was like Aaron Gordon's all of a sudden on Kevin Herter just like posting it up, going down on him. Oh, and they, were, like, they were targeting mismatches at that point. They it were, was, Davion Mitchell, they were yep. targeting, it wasn't just Kevin Herter. I mean, they were just targeting every single mismatch uh, that they could seek out. That was in the same, yeah, once they took the lead, Gordon just scores on mismatches. It's 53-51. You're just going, this can't happen this easily and it's too easy and you know you give a team like the nuggets confidence oh. after a slow start they're gonna figure it out i watched them the other night against the golden state warriors the other day against the warriors where the warriors got off to a really nice start yeah. too once denver figured it out it was like ball game they just cruised and now denver's won four in a row they've won nine of ten at home it was going to be a tough game no matter what but it seems like Hey, breaking news denver nuggets fans were freaking out a little bit because of where their seating was at this point yeah Look, this team, when healthy, is going to be pretty, pretty damn good. And Sacramento, I felt like, let them off the hook with how they played. I thought Sacramento's mistakes got Denver back in the game, and then Denver took it and ran with it after oh, that. Like, dang. just went, oh, thank you, now we're back in. When Sacramento had them in a really good spot to make them compete tonight. That's what's disappointing. You were outscored 37-20 to 20 in the second quarter. In the third quarter, yeah, I felt like... They did get better shots. Then they started missing shots. And then it was that, you know, they, they got outscored 35-17 in the third. I, and, and by the way, I don't even look at the, the first three games of this season and go like, man, I really just expected more from that. I expected more from the growth we have seen from this team with how they, how I thought experience would help the way that they would respond. And you see them respond after some of these losses and you're like, hell yeah, they got, they understood. I think it was, again, it wasn't after the Pistons game uh, at home, that loss that then they played the Denver Nuggets, a shorthanded Denver Nuggets. Yep. And they responded though with really special basketball. Well, it wasn't just because they were shorthanded. Their th previous three matchups against the Nuggets were three of their best defensive performances of the season based on defensive rating. If you look at the defensive rating for those individual games, two of them would rank number one in the season by the, mm. in the NBA. And the, the, the third one would rank third. So they played some of their best defensive basketball. Obviously it changes things when the nuggets have more weapons for sure, but that's where it's just disappointing tonight. It's like, you knew it was going to be tough without De'Aaron Fox, but it, you know, you, you, you're better than this. You are better than rolling over in the situation. And one stat I want to throw at you, Morgan. Yeah. Uh, the Kings scored 96 points tonight. They've been held under 100 points six times this year. Last season, held under 100 four times the entire season. Damn. So, in a time, by the way, where the league is... The scoring is outrageous. For ESPN's sure. writing articles about, hey, what's the league supposed to do? Should they make the basket smaller? Is that what they said? Something like that? No, they did not. Should they take air out of the ball so it'd be harder for teams to score? <laughs> Stuff, I don't know. There's just all these different crazy, hey, should we have like the ba the basket kind of move? Just wild things to come up with. Uh, this is a game where like actually right now, the, the, the basket's the size of a hula hoop. You should be able to score. Right? Damn, dudes. I'm trying too hard. Huh? You yeah, are. That, but good. I kind of appreciate that. You was know, better I, than you trying to say. Why am I so energized tonight? 
I feel like I'm in my bag a little Probably, bit tonight. I don't know. I think it's because I was so locked into the game. I felt good about was, the TV broadcast tonight. I felt like I had oh, fun. You know what's funny? Like for for everything that went down, I had fun being able to watch the game, being locked in with you, being able to like we're just sometimes it doesn't matter if it's a win or loss and we just vibe talking basketball and I felt like that's what we were doing in the post game show. Like we were just breaking down a lot of different things that made sense to us as to what led to this King's loss and not just getting angry about it. And I also think too, like something that you brought up on the post game show that I really want to get to if I may, and it's Keegan Murray. And before we get to his good, I really want to get to what you had talked about with what was expected from him at times tonight and where the offense went. Cause this kind of goes off of everything that yeah. we were talking about with this game as a whole. And one of the things that stood out to us, you had mentioned this, you said that Keegan Murray, well, he was starting to go into ISO ball. I'll, I'll go ahead. It, it was one play, but it was, it just illustrated kind of where the Kings were at second quarter. Denver's making a slight push. The Kings go back with their starting lineup at the uh, it was 47-38 when the starters came back into the game at the 635 mark. So, it's a three-point game. Denver's back in the game. You're like, "Okay, let's see how this looks with the full starters back in." I know this play 536, Keegan goes iso with Porter on him. And he kind of makes a move, but it's clear he might need a little help. He doesn't look totally yeah. comfortable. And as he's taken a lot of progress and I saw some great things from him tonight with some of his takes to the basket, yeah. some of the creation. But in this situation, he didn't look at it. Everyone else was standing around. That. Sabonis had the ball, or Sabonis was away from the ball, kind of looking at him. I'm like, is the screen coming? Is the screen coming? Keegan made a mistake and tried to force a pass to Sabonis because he was a little unsure of himself. Uh -huh. And it was an awful pass turnover the other way. And I'm going, this... Are you missing De'Aaron this bad that you guys can't even function and run an offense you, out there? And I thought the point you made, too, was interesting. It's like they were treating Keegan in that moment like he was De'Aaron. Go get me a bucket. It's like, yes. he's not that yet. No, and, Run something for him. It's not only that. It's not only that. It's like they expected him to be in that role, in that moment, at least it felt like. And it's like, it's like when De'Aaron has the ball and goes ISO and can get to the rack and the paint, whatever – you sometimes don't even need to relocate because you know he's going to get his. And even Domas at times is like, I know I'm looking for a, a rebound. I'm not looking for a lob. I'm not looking for this pocket pass necessarily. I'm looking to rebound if he's going to miss that shot. With Keegan, I love when he's putting the ball on the floor, trying to make something happen. I am so down for him to, keep, uh, to continue to grow his ISO game. Absolutely. But... When Keegan Murray goes into that ISO game, there needs to be some guys relocating. There needs to be movement. Maybe there's even a yes. screen on on his guy. Maybe it's more of a DHO. It's not Kevin Durant yet. You that's, know? And, like, that's, and that's my point. It's just like you got to make sure to understand your personnel. And I felt like in that moment, it was like everyone just was kind of watching what was going to happen next because they're so used to having yep. this hero in uh, Deer and Fox to get things done instead of being like, oh, hey, we know when we play our best, when this unit plays their best basketball, it's all together. Everyone's all flowing. You're making the defense shift one way and another way, whether it's with the pass, whether it's with the way that you're moving without the ball. All those things just felt stagnant in that moment. One stat that jumped out to me from the eight-minute mark of the second quarter on, the Kings shot 36%. Denver shot 61%. Mm. My Pretty goodness. Good. Pretty good. Yeah, and then the one on the broadcast I wrote down in the third quarter, the Kings had 47 points with eight minutes to go in the second quarter, and they were outscored 43-10 to 10 at mm. one point through the third quarter. So when it went wrong, it went very bad. So it started with bad offense leading to... Denver in transition, get whatever they want. Then Denver got so confident. They were super engaged defensively, making life more challenging. Sacramento missed shots, and the Kings could never recover. And that's why it's disappointing tonight. I know. Some people may be listening to this later or watching this going, guys, De'Aaron Fox isn't there. This is one of the best teams in the Western Conference, sure. in the NBA. Like, what, what are you thinking here? It's like, no, we can acknowledge that. It's just how the game flips so fast, not being able to stop a run. You know, it's one of those things if you were watching this game and let's say this was the same, well, maybe not the same, but let's just say the Kings lose by 21. But, like, it fell apart late. They just didn't have the legs or mm -hmm. shots. Or they were playing the right way, just didn't work out. Yeah. Denver was just better. You can acknowledge that. But when you just see a game 
just completely Collapse. flip in the matter of four minutes and three seconds. And this is supposed to be a team with expectations to go further this year. It leaves you scratching your head a little bit. I don't care who they're playing against. I don't care if it's a fully healthy team. I don't care if it's a shitty matchup for them. It's just, it. it, it that's exactly it. It's how they were playing in those moments. It's not even like they looked deflated and they weren't, they didn't want to be there. It didn't look like, oh, it's the mile high city. So um, it was getting to them. I I didn't notice any of that personally. I just felt like it was more of the um, game plan. Whatever that was for them, they just weren't sticking to, or it wasn't the right game plan, or whatever it, whatever happened out there with their schemes and and however you want to put it, it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel right, and it didn't. They didn't stick to what they what was working, um, especially in that first quarter. And I loved when guys were coming in, like Chris Duarte, for example. He came in with that energy right away and was trying to provide. And then, then he started getting to these moments where it's like nothing felt right in the offense. So then, even he was jacking up the first three, or he was being a little bit more chaotic with this game. And it's like, no, 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 go back to what was working. Demonis Abonis, after the game, tells Chris Biederman of the B what went wrong tonight. Quote, I feel like we could have done better with our game plan and stuff against their main guys, coverages, stuff out there we switched up or whatever. I don't know what else is missing there. I, I do find it funny. It was more about the defense. Uh, it looks like with that quote he's talking about, I, I maintain that the offense is what crushed them in that second quarter without having... Fox out there and it goes to the bigger issue too is not feeling comfortable with what's behind Fox you know Davion Mitchell gets a start tonight plays 15 and a half minutes eventually you see Keon Ellis um, you, you saw Mason Jones make his Kings debut late but Davion got off to a nice start playing some solid defense making some stuff happen pushing the paint but then the indecisiveness return the pay stop the bad shots from everybody started happening and that's where you go God you miss a veteran. Like you almost need a veteran backup point guard that's been around a little bit. That's why so many people are bringing up someone like DeLon Wright who can handle yeah. a bit. You know, good has some good size. It's a definite weakness where if Fox is going down, what's happening? Sacramento now three and four without De'Aaron Fox this season in mm-hmm. seven games. One of those games, one of those losses was when Clay Thompson beat him at the buzzer. Kings played well in oh, yeah, yeah. San Francisco against the Warriors. The other two were those two games early in the season when the Rockets punked the oh, hell out of them. That was ugly. ugly. And then tonight, the wins were over Utah, Portland, and Oklahoma City, actually, okay. in Sacramento. So, okay. Two it teams was, you it was should definitely get issue. done against. And then yep. one team that obviously has um, had a lot of praise from around the NBA. So, yeah. Um, just frustrating it, it's just, it's it's tough. It's tough because I just expect more from this team now. And I think when I look at that quote from Sabonis and I look at their offense and what they didn't accomplish tonight, even without De'Aaron Fox, I go, yeah. I, I look at the construction of or of how this team is constructed and it definitely isn't going to be the long term solution but at the same time you got to find a way to make sure to be patient with how you go about things because you don't want to just make adjustments you know everyone always wants to trade 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 at the trade deadline and i understand that but how do you find a way to make tweaks without just breaking everything apart too especially when you do have something good here what a weird season what a weird season Uh, 117.96 was the final in this one Uh, a couple of Random notes from this game that we wanted to get to. Sabonis did not start the fourth quarter because the Kings were down 172. He started Mason Jones, Duarte Edwards, Kessler Edwards, Trey Lyles, and Alex Len to begin the fourth quarter. And you're thinking, okay, the starters are done. Mm -hmm. They're not coming back in. And I had remarked to Morgan, oh, the double-double streak is all over. He had nine rebounds at the time. The Kings look like maybe they're going to cut it to like 20 or something. I, I, I could tell Kyle and Kate are like, oh, what happens if this is a game again? I'm like, oh, there's not much time left. <laughs> anyway, 
at the 640 mark, it's 109.83. Sabonis comes back in the game with Keegan Murray, along with Mason Jones still out there, Chris Duarte, and Trey Lyles. I'm going, why is Tomano Sabonis coming back in this game? He ended up getting another rebound, so the double-double streak continues. That's 41 for him now on the season. We're going to talk about his February in a second. I don't understand bringing him back in. The only thing I told Morgan that I was trying to figure out, maybe, just maybe, he maybe. was like, let me see what Mason Jones looks like with a couple of the regulars. Mm-hmm. When Trey Lyles, like, Trey Lyles, Chris Duarte, uh, Keegan and Sabonis are going to be playing for us, at least at the moment. Let's see what Mason Jones looks like with this group because he can handle a little bit. He's got some good size, and I clearly don't trust some of my other backup guard options. Let's see what it looks like. That's the only thing I could think of because other than that, it doesn't make much sense. And honestly, I still don't think that makes much sense. It's not worth the doesn't risk. Much so sense. bonus have been playing a shit ton of minutes. Uh-huh. He comes right in and he takes an elbow to the face from, from Mason, Mason Jones. Jones. He's like bleeding. Doesn't even realize he's bleeding. A minute later, the official's like, hey, you got to get that cleaned up. So he comes at the 640 mark, ends up leaving at the 518 mark for good. But I, I was I was surprised. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand why... He was in the game and that I think I'm probably right on that. Okay. I just don't. It's an interesting theory. I, I just don't think it's worth the risk. Well, and and then the other theory I saw online, which I totally disagree with because of the personalities that we're dealing with. Um, you know, people thought it was like stat hunting to make yeah. sure you got the double double and, and the streak didn't end. And I, I think I'm right when I say, Mike Brown, don't give a shit. And Domas Sabonis, yeah. don't give a shit. Like, don't give a shit. No, Sabonis so does not care about that at all. Right. I don't think that had anything to do with it at all. So, I, And by the way, who cares? Oh, wow. Double, double streak. Wait, what's that? I mean, it's it's awesome. It's a great accomplishment. But I don't think anyone's like, we got to get that. There's like a big bonus that comes with it. Oh, this is an iconic record that will never be forgotten. Like, no, it's a cool thing that we note after games because like, oh, that's crazy. He keeps doing it. But it, there's not like some meaning. It's not like he secures some epic award or. No, you know, and, like, and it's like, and here's the thing. If it were to, if it, if it had yeah. ended tonight, it's like, wow, what a great accomplishment. You know, it's like, and if it ends in so, three games from now, wow, what a great accomplishment. Are you buying my theory on it though? I don't know if I'm buying it. I think it's, uh, I appreciate your theory and, but like, it's a very, I mean, it's a stretch and, and <laughs> you, you said it. No, no, no. It's a stretch because I don't know the answer. Yeah. And I go, yeah, sure, that could be. Why not? Why not go in that direction as to that could be the correct theory? You mentioned on the postgame show, and it's just, it's interesting. Yeah. I, I just, just from a pure like, hey, I just wouldn't risk. He's been playing a lot of minutes. I'm looking at his February right now, averaging just under 37 minutes a night. Like, he ends up playing 32, which, you know, is below that. But, like, mm-hmm. also, like. Could have just sat him for the fourth quarter. That's what I look at. But it's a bonus, by the way. 13 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 5 of 14 shooting. Struggled tonight with the shot for sure. Uh, Keegan Murray had some nice moments. 21 points for him. He had 11 in the first quarter, though, 9 of 17. I wish they would have run some more stuff for him to get him some better looks. After that, Chris Duarte, I didn't even realize, had 18 points off the bench tonight. 7 of 14 <laughs> shooting. Just that was the first time I looked down and noticed that yeah. uh, Malik Monk struggled from the field six of sixteen. Sacramento has a team shot forty percent tonight, twelve of thirty five from beyond the arc. Denver, they're starting five. I know plus minus for a single game doesn't really much matter, but how about this? Oh God, Porter was plus thirty five in his minutes. Aaron Gordon was plus forty. Seventeen points, six assists, six rebounds on seven of eight shooting. Jokic had a triple-double, 14 points, 14 rebounds, 11 assists, 3 steals on 5 of 9. KCP was, oh, by the way, Jokic a plus 37. Mm -hmm. KCP a plus 38, 16 points, 4 assists, 3 steals, 6 of 10 shooting, Mm -hmm. and then Jamal Murray missed 2 shots tonight. 32 points, 13 of 15, 5 of 6 from 3. They were clicking. They were clicking. So their starters tonight missed like... Let's see this. Let's see how quick I can do this math, Morgan. Okay. Eight, nine, 11, 
17 shots. They missed 17 shots to start lineup. Five seconds. It's pretty good. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I, I, I gotta be honest. I am playoff deuce right now. I'm clicking. I'm feeling good. Why? Uh, we need to talk about some bonuses February okay. coming up. We also have to That's play why. the brand new game. I literally asked you why. It's, I was moving on. Oh, it's, we're going to play guess the nickname Jesus coming up. Christ. We have to look ahead to Kings uh, in their next matchup against Minnesota. Okay. It's going to be a lot to get to. We should mention that tonight's podcast presented by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors, Morgan Reagan. Oh, man. Oh, my sister is actually getting some new windows tomorrow. I know why. Why? Because she heard Duke the dog on the commercial go, because you should go there. They're simply the best. Trust Northwest. I swear, you keep aging in this that's entire podcast. That's what Duke podcast. sounds like. I bet why that's why she got windows. No, she got windows because she heard our damn commercial and she said, wow, that sounds nice. And I said, yeah, get a free quote, Brittany. And so that's what she did. She got a free quote. She's getting some windows tomorrow and she's super excited. Sounds like it's going to be a one day install. Um, I know for her, it was really about this old house trying to keep in heat and uh, trying to make this some different rooms just more beautiful and that's why i told her i was like it doesn't matter if it's the aesthetic of the home or if you're trying to save money or if you're trying to keep in the heat keep out the cold well i got some good is. news for her what? and for others what they're paying the sales tax for you right now and that. also plus zero percent interest for up to 12 months upon credit approval mm. the offer expires in april so get a move on it Go to their website, TrustNorthwest.com, because they are simply the best. Trust Northwest. Yes. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year. Yeah, and it's a really confusing time, by the way. There's all these documents, especially with us, like we are managing finances together because we run a small business together. There's all these different papers. There's all these different forms. What do you do? You listen to Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Yeah, because then you can be making a balanced budget and not just for everything you're doing with your business. How about for some time off after an NBA season even? That sounds amazing. So you know what you need to do? Listen to Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Morgan Reagan, who is our rock and soul player of the game? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea who you you picked. Should I should I guess? Yeah. I'm gonna guess Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray, hey. our rock and soul player of the game. 32 points. We just talked about stats. He missed two shots tonight. 13 of 15 in 32 minutes. This guy's played like an all-star this year. Did not make the team, but he's playing some awesome basketball. Part of a duo with Jokic and they are so good in that two-man game. And with those weapons and healthy, you could see how it all connects. Pretty damn special. Our Rock and Soul player of the game. Go to Rock and Soul Diner just six blocks away from Golden One Center, Morgan Reagan. You can get 25% off appetizers, 25% off drinks. Uh, if you watch a Kings game there, just all throughout an entire Kings game. So make sure to go check them out. And they serve breakfast all damn day. We ate all their food on trade deadline. our trade deadline show. Oh. And it kept me energized all day long. So go check. Snacking on like pancakes in an eggs Benedict at Biscuits 2 PM. Gravy. Hits. It mm -mm. hits. Mm -mm -mm. Appreciate everyone's support of the Deuce and Mo podcast. You want to support in other ways, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Deuce and Mo. We do monthly live streams for our members. Just did one last night. The next one's coming up on March 28th. You got to be there. All right, Morgan Reagan, Demonis Sabonis. I know 
this was an ugly loss, but I think we do need to look at what he did this year. Excuse me, this, this month. month. This month, 20 points per game, 13.8 rebounds, 10.2 assists on 61% shooting. Yes, he <sighs> averaged a triple-double this month in 12 games. He is the first player, excuse me, the second player in NBA history, but the first in a while, the second player in NBA history to record a triple-double in a month on 60% shooting or better. Oh. The only other player to do this in NBA history. Who? Nikola Jokic. Oh, yeah. Of course. Okay. Stud. Why not? Kings, by the way, 6-6 six and six in the month of uh, February. So okay. 500. But Sabonis was awesome. And, you know, today on NBA Today, Kendrick Perkins gave... Domas Sabonis some love, you know, so much talk about the MVP race and who are candidates, blah, blah, blah. Well, Perk made the case that hey, we should be talking more about Domas Sabonis. And here's what he had to say on ESPN. Look, we could make a compelling argument for all of these guys when it comes down to Jokic, when it comes down to SGA, it could come down to Donovan Mitchell, Luca. Like, all these guys are going to put up historical numbers in today's game. Yeah. Hell, if we want to make a case, why are we not saying anything about Sabonis? Sabonis right now, hold on, <laughs> listen, hold on. If we're going based on numbers, Sabonis is leading the NBA in triple doubles. Uh. He's, oh, hold on. He's also leading the league in double doubles. The man is averaging 20 13 and 8. Briefly, that is, briefly. That is not just better case for Luka Doncic than for Sabonis. I mean, leading the league without Embiid and scoring, and then also giving you almost 9 and 10. That's a triple-double, and the reason that's the reason I why Jokic the is the favorite. I thought the triple-doubles meant something. So, Perk was, all he was doing, by the way, was saying, he, Sabonis, could he be in the comp? Why can't his name be thrown in there? Not suggesting that Sabonis should be the league's MVP. And, of course... Oh, what about Luca? What about this? It's like, no, Luca's awesome and he's having a great year. And he's up there. He's up there as well. Yeah. It is funny that people scoff at it. By the way, Sabonis, didn't he finish in like the top seven in MVP voting last year? Right. He'll probably finish around the same if the Kings, you know, have a, a solid record, make the playoffs. I mean, if use any word you want to use underrated, underappreciated, um, invisible to some in this NBA world. And especially when it comes to a platform like that. Yes. But the fact of the matter is he's putting up the numbers. Yeah. He deserves all the love. And you got that love from Kendrick Perkins today, who by the way, in my opinion, does not say a lot of things I agree with, but I thought I loved that he brought this up. And I was like, this is a, it's, I mean, it's a, Good point. And yeah. when, when when people aren't pointing this out, I go, are you even watching everyone in this game or are you just watching the main teams on your station? And that's where I'm at with it. Like, I have no problem with it, countering with Luca, but the, the point wasn't like a Luca versus a bonus. I mm -hmm. wish they would have spent a little more time just discussing Sabonis. And like, well, here's it. why. And like, oh, here's what jumps out to me. The reality of the situation is there's no point in getting worked up about it. Mm -mm. Like, look. He's having a great year. I think he's having another All-NBA year. And as much disrespect as we like to say he he has had, just from fans maybe in general, look, he was All-NBA last year and he's an All-Star. It, it's a huge snub that he was not All-Star this yeah. year. We Everyone's aware of that. Nationally, people are talking about that. The coaches in the NBA messed up on that, no doubt about it. I think he's going to be All-NBA. He's had a great year and he's been so consistent. Oh. People get worked up on some of this stuff. And I did think the conversation was kind of lame. And I think a lot of people don't um, care about him, I guess you could say, because even uh, at the NBC studios, which is Warriors, Warriors, Warriors. I mean, it's in San Francisco. A lot of people are Warriors fans and a lot of people that work there are Warriors people, whatever. And I remember when we were talking about all-star snubs, and I was talking about Domas Sabonis. And they're like, well, it would be De'Aaron before Domas. And I was like, and by the way, De'Aaron ha was having a great year, but was having a down January. And I'm like, oh, no, like Sabonis is doing this, this, and this when it comes to double-doubles, triple-doubles, blah, 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 blah. And it's just, I swear, it's his name alone 
that just triggers people in this direction of like, he's not good enough. And so for him, you know, you just got to keep doing what you're doing. And I think at the end of the day, he doesn't give a shit as long as he's winning or getting paid. That's it. (laughs) Sabonis is like, I have to choose between all NBA and like winning a playoff series. He's choosing winning a playoff Mm -hmm. series and it doesn't matter. And the reality is I think people, a lot of people who listen and watch our show I'm not going to say everyone, but there's a lot of people who watch the league and they watch enough of these players. Yes, Sabonis is one of the really, really talented players in the league. Anyway, congrats on an awesome month averaging a triple-double. The guy's been an absolute beast. And I'm glad someone recognized him on ESPN. That's cool that anyone gave him uh, any kind of love. So... And gotta wish, take wish, it. We, wish he was better tonight, but it's like, I also have I a know. hard time dumping on him tonight. Cause I'm like, look, the guy's been pretty steady this year. Hell he had yeah. a bad game tonight. Hell yeah. Had a bad game. And Sucks to end did. February like this after looking back at his February, well, but whatever. This is the other thing about tonight that stings with it is that's why you want the Miami game. I mean, you want every game, but my point is when you get a team that's shorthanded like Miami, you want to beat them at home because you can deal with losing to the Nuggets. How, how did we describe that game the other night? We said annoying, yeah. annoying, because that that is exactly, you're exactly right, Deuce, because the Nuggets, if you were to look at it on the schedule, you'd be like, okay, loss. Yep. Like e- even, they shouldn't think like that, but that's how we're looking at that when we all look at the schedule, right? Miami, you're even thinking tough, but then you're going, ooh, shorthanded. Oh, Jimmy Butler's part of them being shorthanded. It's just, yeah, it's tough to see some of these very winnable matchups and they don't come out with the W and it ends up being that loss and it's really going to yep. hurt them later on in this season. These are games that we talked about at the time and I feel like we're repeating them a little bit, but we are losing to the Pistons. Ugh. Shorthanded, by the way, Pistons, right? They were all bad shorthanded at home. Awful loss. Mm-hmm. At Portland, shorthanded. Awful loss. Hornets, shorthanded, awful loss. Those are three games you go, you should have, you just, you got to win those games. And then when you throw away other games like the Phoenix game, that they're up 22 with eight to play, or the uh, Bucks game where you miss free throws late, where you, those are two games you should have won. Yeah. I don't love playing that. You should have won this game, but it's like, if you just take care of business, like you should have, that's five extra wins. That you're in a different category now. And I'm sure I'm probably missing one that's, out there and bring up the Phoenix game one more time. Not to backtrack. That was the night you got the concussion. That day you got the concussion. Oh, you missed night chat. And I do it by myself. Barely remember. That was another example of the Phoenix Suns, a team, a good team going on a run and the Kings can't, the floodgates yep. are open. We can't do anything about it. It's just like tonight where it's like a run comes and you can't recover. And the Kings had last year to have this excuse and be like, okay, new team together, all these different things. Like they're trying to figure it out. That experience should lead to these moments being able to figure it out more. I don't expect them to be perfect in all these runs, especially against some really good teams and future Hall of Famer players. I get all of that. But like as a team, I just expect more when some of these Really good teams in this league go on a run. Anything else we missed from the the game? We still have to get our to our Sharif Jewelers moment of the game. Um, no, I think we went down the list. Oh, God, we got to everything. Oh, I, th- I think there's always something we miss, and I remember after, and I get mad at myself, and then I sit there and go, Morgan, we shit the bed here. How did blah, we forget blah, blah. this? I don't know. It was like, hey, good first quarter, and after everything after that was really disappointing and bad, and you just expect. It seems to be more competitive, even without De'Aaron Fox, you know? Um, yeah, Deuce, I mean, so. you had to every, everything, literally everything. Yeah. Reba, I mean, the yep, the fast okay. break point, the 15. They had 15 of their 20 fast break points in the first half in that second quarter. So, I mean, it was like everything was going down in that second quarter. What would be your moment of the game for tonight? The Keegan Murray late nasty jam. It was a pretty nasty. I mean, it's one of those dunks that like (laughs) had the Kings been winning, we would have been like, can you believe it? Oh Oh my God. God. Dude, it was great. It was, it was great. great. It's, it's funny because usually after a loss like this, you're like anti me saying any good moments. Um, I would say that. And I would say, uh, 41st consecutive double, double for Sabonis. And the reason why I want to put that is because I want to remember this one. Okay. You know what I mean? I want to remember, like, the, how he got it. 
Okay. It was just weird. After coming back in. Yes. There we go. Okay. Um. Yeah. Just we're gonna also note twenty four to twenty eight to four run in second quarter. Donald says Monk's alley oop dunk. That was pretty nice too. The one where Sabonis. That was a hell of a play. Sabonis top of the key. Threw up high over Jokic, mm-hmm. and Monk Flew. just soared in there to get it. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. Scuba says, I'm going to yell loud noises into my pillow in frustration. <laughs> I it hope helps. you're having a good time tonight. Jason in the chat says, I work at Ball Arena, but you all need to relax. You have talented and dangerous team. West is just tough. 17-15 on the road is good, but you should be better than 16-10 and 10 with a great home court. That's mm-hmm. your issue. Yeah. Well, Jason, I hope we're not coming across tents tonight. Should have listened to us the other night. Uh, yeah, the home thing, and it goes back to what we talked about. I'm glad Jason brought that up. The Kings, we talked about last year, their home record needed to be better than it was. Yeah. And this year, it's been, after a nice start, it's been really disappointing. This team this year has just been up and down. And literally, the West, that's where the West is at right now. You bring up the standings, let's do it. The Kings, it wasn't too Mm. long ago, Morgan Reagan. It wasn't too long ago that the Kings were... Jumping to the fifth spots. And now? If we can turn back back time. time. Uh, The Kings are in eighth tonight. Uh, The Lakers Mm. are right behind them in ninth after coming back from like 20 plus down to the Clippers. So they're two games behind Sacramento. Kings are in eighth. Uh, They're a half game out of seventh, but they are just one game out of fifth. That's the good news. They're one game out of fifth. But they are two out of ninth as well. It is insane to see what we are looking at from five to ten. From (laughs) five to ten. There's some separation between ten and eleven now, which if you're a Kings fan, okay, maybe you don't fall out all the way at this point because you know Utah's the eleventh spot. They're four out of the play-in. But the way things are tracking, you're like, God, a plan? Oh, my God. Are you going to be in a situation playing the Warriors in a plan? Maybe. Steph Curry. Maybe. And comes down. Guess what? It would suck. I would be stressed out. I just realized we're not on camera. Um, yeah, that would really suck. But there's still a, a healthy portion of the season left. I mean, you look at tonight. The Pelicans had been playing some solid basketball. Uh-huh. The Pelicans lost to the Pacers tonight. Yeah. Dallas just lost to the Pacers. They bounced back, though, and won their game tonight. So um, these teams have just been so up and down, you know? I mean, you're looking at all... So look at 5 through 10. The Pelicans over their last 10 games, 6 and 4. The Suns, 6 and 4 in their last 10. Yeah. Dallas, 8 and 2. Sacramento's fallen. They're 4 and 6 in their last 10. This is where... This is where it's going to be fun in the sense of... I just had a couple more last tens to go over. Oh, please. God, so many. I just was going to go five through ten. Go. The Lakers, seven and three over the last ten. Warriors, eight and two. So the Kings have fallen because they're the one team in that grouping, four and six in their last ten. So, yeah. the la- It's going to be crazy in this last portion of the season. It It is. And I think... What makes it fun, the only thing that makes it fun is that it's not only, oh, every single ki- every single game for the Kings matters. It's we're going to find ourselves. This is what we have to do, like, in the last 20 games. Always update people on, not necessarily the standings, on maybe sometimes, all right, who are we rooting for tomorrow night? Yeah. Who are we rooting for Friday? Like, it's it becomes that time where you go, do you want the the you wanted the Clippers to really beat the Lakers cuz you just want the Lakers well, to keep going down. And the Lakers play tomorrow. They play the Wizards. Great, you know? Aww. And so um so you obviously go Wizards tomorrow. Like every, go Bagley, go Rashawn Holmes, Hell right? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Come on, Bags. <laughs> um and then the Knicks play the Warriors tomorrow. At Madison Square okay. Garden, so go Knicks. So go Knicks. Go Knicks. It go, and that may not matter, Love but you just Brunson. want some more separation. Uh, Houston and Phoenix play. Go Rockets. Go Rockets. I've always been a Let's Dylan go. Brooks fan. Let's go. DB and FBV. Jabari Smith. Love mm-mm, that guy. Mm-mm. Former King. Ime Udoka coaching oh, that group. Ime Udoka has always been my favorite. Uh, next up for the Sacramento Kings, uh, they take on the number one team. In the West. Go Kings. 
the Minnesota Timberwolves. I don't know if De'Aaron Fox is going to go. He did go through warm-ups today to try out how he's feeling with that knee contusion. I'd like to think he can play coming up on Friday. Who knows? With them, without them, it's going to be tough. The Kings did beat Minnesota on the road this year, where Minnesota is 22-6. and six. Check this out. Minnesota got win number 42 tonight against Memphis. They were 42 and 17 this season. They were 42 and 40 last year. It's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough game. I, I think it's they're beat. I do think they're beatable. I it's just also a tough matchup because of how locked in they are defensively. Anthony Edwards, what and, a beast. Well, he's a beast, but and if DeAaron Fox is not playing, you know that just takes away one more major piece from the Sacramento Kings. But also, I don't want Fox playing. It, I said this to you the other night when I, I thought it was a thigh contusion, not a knee contusion. Either way, contusions just suck. They're just painful. Um, they're just deep into your body, and it takes time for it to actually heal so then you don't feel like you're in pain when you're doing things. I don't think you can even... I'm not, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know this, but I don't Thanks. think you can necessarily make it worse um but it's just like how much pain you can actually deal with and with someone like De'Aaron he relies on being explosive being fast being able to push off of his legs his knees whatever and it's like if you can't play 100% then yeah take your time take your time kid 42 and 17 Minnesota T-Wolves they have a half game lead on OKC two games up on the Denver Nuggets Sacramento now 33 and 25 after tonight. They are 18 and 20 against teams above 500, 15 and 5 against teams below 500. I was, we were going over some of the teams around Sacramento on the pregame show today. The one number that jumped out to me about Dallas 15 and 20 against teams above 500. The Lakers 16 and 20 against teams above 500. How about this one? Golden State 12 and 24 against teams above 500. So wow. something to watch down the stretch uh, in some of these games. Yeah. A lot of fun things will have to be pointed out. throughout. <sighs> it's, it's fun. It's uh, it, look, no matter how you look at it, it's fun. Yeah. It's, it's basketball. It's fun. Sure. You want your team to be the best team in the world, but you know what? I, I just love this chat. Tonight. What? It's been a good group tonight. We've had a group. People are venting. People are having fun. Appreciate Making the most of the situation. Brad says if Fox can't go, they need Davion to step up. It wasn't good enough tonight. Great. To totally agree. Totally agree. Let's get to our game tonight. Oh. Uh, you can participate in the chat. Morgan's going to be guessing. It's called Guess the Nickname. Oh. I have three NBA players, and this is a game I heard about on the Athletic NBA show. We've been a guest before, and I loved it, but I'm putting my little spin on it. Oh. I'm trying to give some more background on it. So, basketball reference, some of these players have nicknames attached to them. Some of them are pretty weird. Uh -huh. We're going to play Guess the Nickname. One of the nicknames is not the player's nickname. Okay. Are you ready to so go? So, you're going to give me three nicknames for one person, and one of those nicknames is wrong. Yes. Copy. You can play along in the chat as well. I'm okay. I'm going to bring the chat over here, just in case you want to see it more. Yeah. Uh, the first player, we're going to start with a former king. Okay. He played one season in Sacramento when the Kings made the playoffs in 2006. He was a monster against the San Antonio Spurs, Bonzi Wells. Oh, okay. Now, before I give you the nicknames, just to be clear, Bonzi's technically a nickname. His real name is Gawin D'Angelo Wells. Okay. You're going, how do you, how do you get Bonzi? Bonzi? We'll get to that in a bit. Great, because I want to guess. Here are the three nicknames. Okay. The Bonds. Like the Fonz? No, I got it. The Bonds. Bon Bon and Big B-Dub. Mm. For Bonzi Wells, his nickname's The Bonds. Bon Bon or Big B-Dub. I'm going to guess The Bonds is wrong because the way that you smirked when you said it was like something <laughs> stupid that you'd make up. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, the fake one is actually Big B-Dub. Damn it! <laughs> I cannot believe this. The Bonds was one of his nicknames, which is kind of funny. It's I didn't know right. The Bonds. Just, hey. The way you said it, I was like, there's no way. Uh, bon Bon. You're going, okay, give me, why Bonzi? Well, according to a story I read, Bonzi originated from the cravings of his mother, Christine, who had 
for ice cream. She had ice cream bonbons during her pregnancy with him. His parents called him Bonbon until the age of two. He eventually evolved into what it is today, Bonzi. That's adorable. Bonbon. Turns into Bonzi. Ice cream. Yes. Love that name. All of the above. Yeah. Love Bonbons. I wonder what would that, I would name my kid then if that went by meals. I don't know. Burrito. Really? Or pizza or nachos. Nachos. Nachos Belgrande. Cheesy Gordita Crunch. What's your kid's name? Gordita. <laughs> you named a lot I know, of I got Mexican excited. cuisine here. Okay. You really got to venture out, Deuce. Try other things. Uh, the next two, we got one from tonight's game. Yeah. Jamal Murray. Okay. No cheating, everybody. Here are the nicknames. Uh, let's see if I... Yeah, Jamal Murray, born in Canada. Okay. The nicknames. Glitch, Blue Arrow, or Sweet Maple. Ooh. Okay, I'm going to go with Glitch because Sweet Maple to me means Canada and doesn't he do the arrow after... He does. He's the arrow one. Yeah, okay, good. So So the fake one is Glitch. Yeah. Uh, The fake one is actually Sweet Maple. What? (laughs) Canadian, like... And I put that in your head, planted that seed. Oh my God, you Darren Brown to my ass. Uh, high school teammates called him Glitch because he plays like in a video game and it like glitches and you like okay, yeah. take out the disc. He told a story on a podcast. He took out the disc, blow it off, put it back in. Yeah. He glitched. He's that good. That's actually a badass nickname. Blue Arrow is kind of weak. It's like, can we do better? Glitch. That's got to be a glitch. Yeah. He just crossed you up and got to the basket. It's, it's glitching. That's cool. Yeah. So there you go. Not Sweet Maple. All right, so you ready for this last yeah, one? It's yeah, a yeah. one of the Kings' next opponents, Rudy Gobert. Now, we I'm going to give you guys one that we all know. The Stifle Tower is a nickname of his. That's most people know Stifle Tower, okay? Okay. But I was shocked that you didn't know that one? <laughs> you're so bad at this. Yeah, it's one of the, like, it's a famous Rudy Gobert nickname, Stifle like Tower. Next thing you're going to tell me, like Yoko is t- called the Joker or something. Right. Funny. So, so you get the reference. He's yes, French. Yes, I get okay. <laughs> But I looked up. I could not believe how many nicknames he has on basketball reference. So this, I'm giving you four. Okay. One of them. Okay. Is fake. Okay. Here we go. The French rejection. Okay. The super spreader. The Gobert report. And Gobzilla. Oh. Here we go. The French rejection, the super spreader, the Gobert report, and Gobzilla. <laughs> the super spreader has. <laughs> Sounds like such a dick nickname you would make up for him, but it's like it happened, even though it didn't, you know. Um, God, that's so good. I'm going to go with the Gobert report is the fake one. Uh, the fake one is the super spreader. Come up by me, obviously in reference to him shutting down the world. Some people call him patient zero, as the chat was saying. But oh, really? when he like rubbed the microphone yes. all over. Yeah. It was not his fault. <laughs> um, I do love French rejection was funny. The Gobert report was kind of funny, but it's not really a nickname. I, the Gobert report. So, like Colbert report. I mean, but that was oh, listed as a nickname. Got it, got it. Okay. And then Gobzilla. Like gobbles up the ball, block shots, gobs up. I just feel like there's so many weird nicknames. It's like for sure someone's called him the super spreader. <laughs> it's kind of, yeah. The Stifle Tower is a pretty good nickname, though. So, Hector says the super spreader, kind of fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my God. <laughs> also, chat, before we close, just because I like to feel good about myself. Yeah. Thumbs up on this game. I, I kind of like this game, the nickname game. Oh, I guess the nickname? you're talking about the King's Nuggets. No, like, no, 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 no. Um, oh, I love, I love the nickname game. I mean, again, we did not make it up, and that's why we got to no. keep giving love. The Athletic NBA Show Friday's yep. edition, amazing. We've been on that show many times, and they always quiz us on these basketball reference nicknames. My twist on it is I give 
a little more information and I, yes. you know, try to come up with some funny also, ones. Also, if you're ever looking for another NBA podcast, I encourage you to check them out because yes, they are course. like, I just, I love listening to them. So, um, appreciate you guys hanging out with us tonight. Make sure to hit the thumbs up and subscribe and no win or lose. We're going to make the best of a, a podcast. We're going to tell you what the hell happened, what went wrong, what went right and laugh, cry along the way. And Friday's our next one. Friday we'll be on pre and post together on NBC and then we will have Nice chills. Yeah. So make sure to just tune in all day. Ugh, what a vibe. We love you guys, but we gots to go. You all have a wonderful rest of your night. Thanks for being here. See ya. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo. The podcast that you know. Deuce and mo. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.